0: people of God had been in exile, they're coming home to Jerusalem. They see the steps leading into the temple, and as they ascend each one, they pray and give praise to God. They teach us how to pray and praise God in difficult times. Join us for this series every Wednesday night, 6 o'clock. everyone and welcome back to our Wednesday night Bible study. I am so glad that uh, you are joining us and I just want to uh, ask you that if this Bible study is an encouragement to you and if it's a help to you and if by the grace of God through his Holy Spirit it is a blessing to you, would you pass along the information about how people Can access this Bible study not just on Wednesday nights at 6 o'clock, but at other times during the week through our First Baptist Facebook page, and other people can join us. Who knows how God will use this Bible teaching time not just in the lives of His children, but in the lives of people who are struggling. People are hurting right now and struggling right now and facing all kinds of distress and difficulty right now. And the bomb that we need is given to us by God. In fact, all that we need is given to us by God in his word. So we need to pass along the preaching and teaching of his word to others. Uh, if you could uh, do that, it would be a blessing to others, it would be an encouragement to them, and, and I would be grateful. Uh, we are now on track together. Uh, I am recording this on Tuesday night, the night of the day of the election in our country, and then tomorrow night I will teach this material so that week by week we can be together as we move through what we will be studying. And what we are studying is known as the Psalms, P-S-A-L-M-S, plural, the Psalms of Ascent, A-S-C-E-N-T. Or the Psalms of Degrees. Uh, We will talk about the meaning of these psalms in terms of the category of either ascents or degrees. Uh, We will be studying them, reading them, reflecting on them, establishing the context, I hope and pray for you to meditate on them in your prayer time that will either accompany this time of teaching or come later uh, for you. But I pray that these psalms will help you. So, Al, why were you drawn to the psalms of ascent? Why these psalms at this time? Well, primarily because they are the heart cry of people who have been at some distance from God. And they now have the opportunity to draw near to God. And these Psalms express the heart cry of a person who is feeling disconnected. Are you feeling any of that in these days? There are so many of you that listen to these Bible studies that not only love Jesus, you love his church. Uh, You really want to be with the people of God when we gather on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. You really do. Some of you are joining us who've been active in the church for years. Uh, It's hard for you to know how to function exactly apart from your active involvement in the church. I praise God for you. But right now, uh, you're feeling disconnected. Uh, We, in Lincoln where I grew up, use the word discombobulated. (laughs) You're feeling discombobulated, things are out of sorts. Well, that's why I was drawn to these Psalms of Ascent. 15 of them, beginning in Psalm 120, going all the way through Psalm 134. Very short, very succinct, very fundamental, very foundational, very punctual, very precise, these psalms. What I will do each week is uh, read the psalm, uh, reflect on the psalm in its context and then summarize what I believe God is trying to show us in the psalm about drawing near to him. (laughs) Truth of the matter is that from the beginning that people began to reflect on the psalms and interpret the psalms, there have been lots of categories that have uh, been assigned to these psalms, but the two that have stuck are the psalms of ascent and the psalms of degrees. Let me talk about both of these, the psalms of ascent. These psalms probably were composed for the most part during a time when the exiled Israelites were returning back to the city of Jerusalem. They had been scattered from their homeland. They had been removed from their system of sacrifice. They had been torn apart from their beloved temple. And now they're coming home. Nothing is as it was. Life is very different. But as they're preparing for their return, they begin to have these senses in their soul, these harborings in their hearts about what it really means at an experiential level, at the level of our feelings, what it really means to be removed from God and then to have the opportunity to come home, to draw near to God. And it is thought that when these pilgrims returned to the city of Jerusalem, that though the city was was in ruins, some of the steps of the city were there. Some of those steps that were built even in the Solomonic era, were there. And in one place, we know there were 15 of them. And we we know that as the pilgrims, before the temple was ravaged, uh, they would stand on the first step and they would sing a psalm of praise to God and the second step and the third step, moving higher and higher toward the holier courts of the temple. And as they were moving higher and higher, they were getting symbolically closer and closer and they were ascending to God. The Psalms of ascent, of being far away, moving closer to God. The Psalm of Degrees, this has two senses about it. One is musical. Some think these psalms were sung in a higher key, an elevated tone. They were musically for sopranos reaching up into the rafters of the way of singing music. But it also has to do with degrees of a relationship with God. Uh, mo- people moving from feeling disassociated, people moving from being far away to moving into closer proximity to God. Either way, these Psalms are expressive of feelings that every believer has from time to time. We all have these times when we wonder where God is and we wonder where we are in relationship to God. We have those days when fellowship with God is so sweet and precious. It is so personal and powerful. It is so intimate and close. And we have those days when we wonder if he knows us or if we know him. The context of this psalm in the Psalter is that it comes right after the beautiful psalm and the longest of the psalms, an acrostic psalm, Psalm 119, that takes each character of the Hebrew alphabet and builds from that character stanzas of praise to God for his word. Uh, Psalm 120, that is the first of the Psalms of Ascent, uh, comes right after Psalm 119, 169 through 176, the final stanza in Psalm 119. And this final stanza is a plea for God to know how much this person Praying this psalm loves the word of God. Listen to what he says, Psalm 169, let my cry come before you, O Lord, give me understanding according to your word. In the very next verse, deliver me according to your word. In, In 171, verse 171, teach me your statutes. In 172, all your commandments are right. In 173, I have chosen your precepts. 174, your law is my delight. Verse 175, let your rules help me. And then 176, leading right into Psalm 120, I do not forget your commandments. Hunger and thirst for the word of God. Devotion to the word of God. Declaring to God how essential is his word. And then the pilgrim steps on the first step. And he sings or he prays. Psalm 120 In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me, Deliver me, O Lord, from lying lips, from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given to you, and what more shall be done to you, you deceitful tongue? A warrior's sharp arrows with glowing coals of the broom tree or the juniper tree. Woe to me that I sojourn in Meshach, that I dwell among the tents of Kedar, too long have I had my dwelling among those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. This first of the Psalms of Ascents can be examined in three movements. The first movement sets before us the problem. Uh, This particular person standing on that first step, if this indeed is the historical context, ascending to the praise of God, turns his heart to God to speak to God what is his problem? This psalm could be called a psalm seeking deliverance from distress. And maybe you have been in the kind of distress in which he finds himself. Uh, Maybe you have faced or are facing now some of what he is facing. This is what he is facing, verses 1 and 2. In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. He knew to whom to turn, and he knew what he would do. (laughs) Isn't that marvelous? When we are in distress, we can turn to God, and we can be sure that he hears and answers us. According to his word, according to his promise, according to his will, always. In my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. Now this is his prayer. Deliver me O Lord, from lying lips, from a deceitful tongue. Have you ever been hurt by the words of another? Have you ever been so assaulted by the tongue of another that? You felt reduced to nothing, that in their eyes you were less than human. There is no weapon quite like the tongue. And there is nothing about us as humans that is more revealing of the true condition of our hearts than our tongue. Paul describes the depravity of every human being in Romans 3, beginning in verse 13. And the first place he addresses is the tongue. What comes out of the mouth is reflective of what is in the heart. Our If you would, turn in your Bibles to the book of James. Because the book of James has so much to say about the tongue. James 1 verse 19, knowing this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not work the righteousness of God. There put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. He calls us to be doers of the word, not hearers only. And then look at verse 26, chapter one. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religious religion is worthless. This kind of person can care for the poor, show really great concern for the poor and those who are hurting and helpless and give tokens of ministry to them, but if their tongue is that which spews venom and hurts and assaults others, uh, then James says their religion is worthless. It is just that. It is religion. It is their religion that Because of their tongue, revealing their heart has no relationship with God. Here's a man ascending into the presence of God, and his heart has been wounded by the words of another. His soul assaulted by what someone has said. I did in the last year or so on Wednesday night, a study of Proverbs, and I went through the Proverbs. I spent months working through the Proverbs before I taught the Proverbs, and I categorized the Proverbs into different categories, and what absolutely surprised me is how much of the teaching of the Proverbs is wisdom of God warning us about the dangers of our. We're all guilty. We're all susceptible to being a part of a gossip gang that can declare war on people that we disagree with or disagree with us. The problem is that someone is doing damage through their tongue. He sets before us the pattern. Verses three and four. What shall be given to you and what more shall be done to you, you deceitful tongue? A warrior's sharp arrows with glowing coals of the broom tree. This is, this is an absolute, absolutely powerful image that he uses here. And we need to recognize this image from his day. Here's the image. It is a warrior that draws back his bow. And he's launching his arrow toward the center of your soul. His arrow is loaded with words that are harmful. But this arrow is different. It's inflamed with fire. And the fire is from the broom tree or the juniper tree, which in that day was the kind of wood that people sought because it burned and burned and burned. It just would not go out. And it created the kind of heat that would bring warmth in the cool and cold of the night. It was hot and that heat lasted for a long time. The picture here is a person who is, so perverse that when he attacks with his words, he doesn't relent. And the flame that has assaulted this man's soul is a flame that can't be put out. This is the pattern. You and I can be so wounded by the words of another that it's hard to let go. It's hard to just say, well, they were speaking empty words. I remember once still when I was a child, eight, nine, ten, my best friend was named Roy. We had a fight. We, We were together all the time. We did everything together and we had a fight. Neither one of us at the point were Christians. And I went after him with words. And I'll never forget in the midst of that fight when I was saying all kinds of mean and cruel and ugly and hurtful things to him with tears streaming down his face. He he said... Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Trying to man up. But, oh, friend, words hurt. Words destroy. Words devastate. This is how the Psalms of Ascent begin. There's a problem that is created by another's tongue, and it is a pattern of almost incessant, incessant attack that brings very deep, very deep ruin. And then we have the place, the place where this happens. Woe to me that I sojourn in Meshech. These are pagan places. They're found in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 10, Genesis chapter 25 for Kedar. Woe to me that I sojourn in Meshach, that I dwell among the tents of Kedar. These are places distant from each other, and he's using them as images of living in enemy territory. Too long have I had my dwelling place Among those who hate peace, I am for peace, but when they speak, they are for war. What's he saying? He is saying that he's been far away from God. He's been distant from all that is near and dear to him. He's been removed from that which gave him comfort and strength and peace. And now he's come home. He's standing on that step. The first of 15 ascending into the presence of God. Do you know one of my Favorite Psalms. I cannot tell you how many times through the years I've gone to this Psalm. Maybe you know this. Maybe you don't. But nobody can hurt you like people in the church. People in the church with their tongues can destroy you. I I love the church. I long to see the church be the church again in this land. I, I, I love and long for a restored, renewed, revived, resurrected church. Not a church captured by the world, but a holy church. Church with her eyes on God, church with her eyes formed and fashioned by the Word of God, her ears quickened, her heart stirred, her soul enlivened by the Word of God. A church that longs to love God and love other people, and it's reflected in our love for one another. So much of the church in our culture is is in ruin. And through the years, I've had like many of you people in the church who really hurt me with their words. I would grieve, I would weep. I would be like my friend Roy. I would want to say to them with tears in my eyes, sticks and stones, may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But that's not true. And I would go to Psalm 73, where the psalmist is Trying to work through why it is that pagan people seem to have good lives and they don't seem to have any pain and everything goes well for them. And here he is as one who loves God and life is hard and things are difficult. And in the middle of Psalm 73, when he's trying to figure all of this out, uh, this, this page in my Bible is absolutely worn out. It's highlighted, it's noted, it's marked up. Because I've been here so many times. And this is what he says in verses 16 and 17. But when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task until I went into the sanctuary of God. Here's this pilgrim. Standing on that step. Thinking about all that's been said and done to him. They're for war. But I am for peace. And here I am looking up into the temple. Jerusalem. God's peace is here. He's coming into the sanctuary and he's finding peace. Listen, friend, I pray each week God will lead us together into the holy sanctuary of his presence. And no matter what you're facing, he will give you deep inside your soul his peace. God, there's no peace like your peace I don't know what people are facing tonight. I don't even need to know. But you know. You know what kind of week it's been. You know what kind of problems they've encountered. You know what kind of pains they've suffered. You know what kind of pressures they face. You know what kind of situations they've been in. But God, in their spirits tonight, I pray that you would bring them to stand on the first step. Step. Of these 15, and know that when they can look into your presence through your word by your spirit, they can find peace. Breathe it, God, deep inside our souls this night, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, we'll take another step next week. Another step the next week. We will ascend the steps together. See you then.